Welcome in to History Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Mike Seta, joined as always by the soulless canine, Rydog. What the fuck is up, Denise? And of course, not the quarterback, Chris Sims. What's going on? Ready to talk some quarterbacks. Yeah, we got a big week. We're going to jump into some of our rankings and stuff. But before we get started, just want to remind everybody to uh, follow us on all those social media platforms at Hitstick Fantasy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, as well as our own personal Twitters. I'm at Michael underscore Seta. I'm at the real Ryan Long. And I'm at Hitstick Chris. Any long form feedback, you can send us an email, hitstickfantasy at gmail.com. So before we get into any of the news and the rankings and we're talking quarterbacks, how's everyone doing today? I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing all right. Some of us didn't just come back from Florida, so some of us are doing better than the others. But Daddy's a little jet logged, or jet lagged, little jet logged, or whatever that, or whatever that means. You're, you're jet logged. You got, you got logs in your jets. What? Something like that. More jet lagged, I think. Uh, you guys, July is almost over. We are officially entering redraft season. It is draft Training time. Camp started what today for most teams, and yesterday for some. And I got a dynasty startup here in a few weeks. Oh man, there is so much fantasy football stuff going on. I'm just, I'm oozing with excitement. I can't, I can't hold it in. I can't. Big things popping. Well, I uh, feel great. You know, sun kissed from the Sunshine State. I'm ready to get into football. Get back to reality. No more vacations for me for a while. So, I'm ready to kind of start cranking out these rankings and getting ready for redraft season. But before we do hop into those rankings. There has been a lot of stuff that's been kind of coming out over the last few, you know, days or so. So, Chris, you want to let our listeners know what's been going on? Yeah, there's been a lot of news over the last few days. Um, So, yeah, I'll just kick it off here. I'm going to go through a bunch of stuff. First things first, um, John Menchie, newly rookie acquired wide receiver for the Houston Texans, diagnosed with uh, leukemia. Definitely uh, wishing him a, you know, fast and speedy recovery. I'm sure that's not an easy thing to deal with. Fortunately, it is uh, supposedly a very, very curable form of that, but he is not expected to be on the NFL field at all for the uh, the season of 2022, possibly ever, but, you know, just you know, obviously, you know, that's not – you never want to hear a storyline like that. So um, No, John Metchie's a very, very good player. I was excited to see him this year. Uh, wishing him all the best, so hopefully he makes a, a real quick recovery. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, Chris Carson – has decided just today to retire from the NFL. Good call on his part, in my opinion. That man needed to hang it up. Um, so that's definitely going to make things a little less murky over in that Seattle backfield. Uh, going forward here, we got um, Raheem Mostert, possibly not ready for week one. That's something to keep your eye on. Uh, we got a useless signing of the week that nobody cares about. I mean, is that what we're going to call this? I mean, Julio Jones is officially a Buccaneer. Do either of you care about Whoa, this? Whoa, useless. What do you mean? Yeah, what do you mean no one cares oh, about? I'm not excited at all about this. I feel like this kind of pushes down the hype for Mr. Russell Gage. I did. I actually did say that. I was texting a friend of the show, Derek, and uh, I said, I'm like, I don't, if anything, this just hurts Russell Gage. It doesn't do anything for anybody else. So No, this does a lot of things for us. That means that we get an extra guy in the fourth round when somebody goes ahead and reaches for him in the fourth round of our <laughs> upcoming redraft seasons. True. We got name guy. Somebody is going to definitely I, take Julio. Jay, Jay Large, for sure, is yeah, going to do it. 100%. So is Christian Trapkoff. So. Last time you guys made fun of Justin for making a pick, he won the championship. So Listen, I'm not, I'm not going to be making fun of him for any picks he makes. If Justin takes uh, Julio Jones in the fourth round... I'm going to be taking him in all of my other drafts because it's like the Justin curse, but in a positive way. He takes a guy, we laugh at him, that guy goes off. Yeah. Yeah, I don't hate it. 
Um, Ronald Jones possibly to not make the Kansas City Chiefs uh, roster. Something just to keep your eye on. That would uh, bump Jarek McKinnon right now to the second string behind Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Uh, just an interesting piece of news there. Um, and then here's one for Ryan. I want to gauge your opinion on this one. James Robinson is not on the pup list and appears to actually be doing some soft drills in practice, possibly going to be ready for week one. You are by far the highest person of the three of us on Travis Etienne. Does this give you any cause for concern? Uh, slight cause for concern, I will say for sure. Uh, I was definitely expecting Robinson to be out for majority of this year, if not the whole year. So him coming back, you know, obviously he's, I don't think he's going to be suiting up week one. He's probably not going to be suiting up for the first few weeks, but this is like an earlier comeback than expected. I think Travis Etienne is a great talent. You know, he's got first round draft capital to him. So I think he will still be the lead dog. But, you know, if Robinson does return and he, you know, he's back to full health, you know, by midseason, he'll have some work. So that does kind of hurt into Etienne's upside. But I think Etienne, if anything, this might actually drop him a little bit when it comes to redraft season. So I'm also looking forward to that as well. Yeah, see, I don't think it's going to drop him. I think everybody's too excited about Travis Etienne. That it's, that train has already left the station and there's no turning back. So, um, but I don't, I don't know how I feel about it yet. I really, I truthfully don't. It's something that I'm a little bit worried on, but I don't know. I mean, I, I really like the tail on VTN, but I just, every time we try to write off James Robinson, he just finds a way to be fantasy relevant. So that he does. And then, uh, just, right, to, uh, I was going to say, just Sorry. to close things out, we just got some pup list guys to keep your eye on Robert Tunyon. A lot of people expect him to be a big red zone factor for Aaron Rodgers. He's starting the year on the pup, not fully ready here. J.K. Dobbins, who came out and said he was going to be fine, well, he's on the pup. So uh, something to keep note of there. Um, he definitely – it seems like that injury was a lot more severe than people made it out to be, regardless of the fact that it happened in uh, the beginning of the season last year. I, I'm kind of scared on Dobbins. We can obviously, we'll talk more about that when we get to a different episode. And then the one I just want to kind of gauge your guys' opinion on is uh, Christian Watson also – starting on the pup. Uh, obviously not good rookie wide receiver for um, the Packers here. And I just, I don't know. It just seems like Aaron Rodgers one by one is just losing options here. So as we're going to be talking quarterbacks today, uh, I mean, I don't know. That's something to be concerned about. And I definitely think that it worries me with, uh, you know, taking my stab on Christian Watson in the back of my drafts. Definitely gives a bump for Alan Lazard. Yeah. Rookie players who start the season on the pup when they weren't coming off of an injury is generally a sign of just being out of shape which is not something you want to see. So, yeah, Christian Watson, that's kind of a big bummer. But, you know, keep an eye on this because Pup is usually just a reserve spot. Like, obviously, he's not going to be on the field. We're going to get him back. I, I don't know about Watson anymore, man. It might be Lazard season. It might be. Now, for this season, I know last year it was handled differently because of the COVID. Do we know what these rules are? Are this, like, the off-season physically unable to play list? Or if they're on this list, are they now not able to play, like, the first – six weeks of the season or how does this work it's similar. this doesn't have any hindrance on them playing like week one they should be back and ready to go as long as they're taking off the pup list this is just like a training camp like get to add more people to your roster you know more people to work out type of situation so it's not you know it's not an end-all be-all for those guys who do end up on this list but it is also something to keep an eye on because that means they're not getting those like you know team reps with the guys either they're working off to the side with some trainers or something yeah yeah something that, that makes me not worried about it if i'm being honest I'm still going to take the stabs on him late in the drafts because it's Aaron Rodgers' guy. Yeah, yep. just think of it as like a taxi squad in your dynasty league. Like you can move, like right now, they can move them back and forth as much as they want. But once the season starts, it's basically locked for, I think it's guaranteed the first four weeks. So, yep. All right, we ready to dive into some quarterback rankings? 
Yeah, play great. that music. Let's do it. Had to mix it up on you guys today. All righty. So for our quarterback rankings, we're going to be going over these a little bit different. We're going to all run through our top 12s. They're all pretty similar this week. And uh, we're going to give a few honorable mentions. And then a little bit later on in this offseason, we are going to publish our own full rankings. Um, and most likely, there'll be a, either consensus or all of our rankings separated. But you'll be able to kind of see the full rankings for all of us. But hold us accountable. Yeah, we're going to jump right in and uh, let's go through our top sixes. Um, a lot of them, we have similar players, but kind of in like different areas. So I'm going to go ahead and start with mine. I got Mr. Patty Mahomes one, Josh Allen two, Herbert three, Jalen Hurts four, Lamar Jackson five, and TB12 number six. Nice. Ryan? All right. Uh, we're all, Obviously, you said we're all pretty similar here. I went Josh Allen one, Lamar two, Mahomes at three, Kyler at four. Hertz at five and Herbie at six. And uh, I'll round things out here. I also have Josh Allen as my QB one. Justin Herbert going to take a massive step forward here as the quarterback two. Kyler Murray coming in at three. Patrick Mahomes coming in at quarterback four. Lamar Jackson at five. And then Jalen Hurts bumping into quarterback six overall. So let's dive yeah. into these. Yeah. So the first big difference I see is you guys have the same players, they're a little bit rearranged. And I have TB12 over Kyler Murray. Um, my biggest thing with Kyler Murray is I do like him a lot, and he's a guy I'm definitely going to want to take a risk on. And he's very close after, um, you know, these top six guys. But I just, with that, with losing DeAndre Hopkins, I don't know if, you know, and it seems like every year Kyler kind of falls apart towards the back end of the season. But without DeAndre Hopkins, it he didn't look as efficient. And that's what makes me nervous if I'm going to spend that high of a pick on a quarterback where I feel like we've seen these other elite veteran quarterbacks kind of handle that aspect throughout, you know, their time. Yeah, but I'm going to argue your point right back at you and say, how are you going to have Tom Brady over Kyler Murray when it's the exact same situation? Chris Godwin is well, more than likely well, it, not Well, if you to. were listening to me and not just raising your hand waiting to try to come back at me, you would have heard I said, unlike the veteran quarterbacks who have done it with nobody receivers, well, and Kyler Murray has not done that. I mean, if you wouldn't have cut me off there, you would have got to the second half of my point here. There is one reason why Kyler Murray will do it better than Tom Brady, and it's very simple. Rushing upside. That's what Kyler has that Tom Brady does not. So, And that's why Kyler is still up there for me. See, Kyler has a lot of like designed runs, it seems like, with Kingsbury, but... When he's moving around the pocket and scrambling, he looks to throw the ball down the field. So I don't know if it's just the same rushing upsides as a Hertz or a Lamar Jackson or even like a Josh Allen type. That's what makes me so nervous about it. I'm not off of Kyler Murray. I still like him. I think he just comes with a little bit more risk if you're taking him in the top like five rounds of your draft. He does come with, I mean, he does carry some more risk because he is one of the more injury prone quarterbacks, in my opinion. Uh, but for me, I, th I think the big difference here between me and you two, just off of like predicting, I'm probably significantly higher on Hollywood Brown than you guys, per usual. So I, I think that Hollywood Brown is a good receiver. I'm excited for him to be in an offense that's ready to actually utilize his potential. And I also like Rondell Moore a lot, too. There are players on this team that I just 
I'm interested in. And Tom, Hopkins is only going to be gone for the first six weeks. It's not like they lost him for the full season. So I, I think there's a lot of upside with Kyler. There's just, especially in an offense that is designed to just run plays and get the most out of your offensive assets. So. Yeah, Kyler's a weird one to gauge because, yeah, without Hopkins, you know, you can't really project him to be like the QB1 overall, but he is a superstar in September and October. And, you know, by the time he starts to fizzle out a little bit, he gets his best player back. So I think Kyler's going to be just fine, you know, as long as he plays the full year. He just got paid, you know, he's a good quarterback and that rushing upside is elite. So big fan. Did you guys hear the story on Kyler Murray's contract, though? The four hours a week mandatory he has to individual. To four hours a week on non-bye weeks to not play video games and watch TV and focus on football. That <laughs> is something I don't like that's, in a top five pick. That's annoying from the team to try and say that to a player that you can't that, do that's this. in his that's in his contract. And it's the fact stupid. that agent even let him sign that is bonkers. I wouldn't have signed that. You're not gonna tell no. me what to do when I'm not when I'm at home and not at work. This is work to them. Well but, that's clearly an issue for Kyler. It's clearly an issue for the team that he is not putting in that work. And when when you see those kinds of stories, like could it have that big of an effect on the actual play style and his stats and everything? Maybe not, but it, I feel like it does have a lot of, you know, aspect on is he going to take another step or are we just going to see the same kind of Kyler that we've seen over the first few years of his yeah, career? The same and that kind of makes me a little nervous. The same kind of Kyler. He's been putting up top five numbers. I mean, that's what everything for, you just for mentioned. For the first six to eight games. And after that, then he falls apart. It's usually because no he game. gets hurt. He gets I mean, hurt. He, he still was playing towards hurt. the end of the season. And the Cardinals, the Cardinals literally were like 8-0 last year and barely squeaked in. Like, they, they literally fall apart in the second half of the season. I think a lot of Every that's year. also coaching, too, which is a problem on that team altogether. But at the same time, I'm not – what you just said, if I'm a Cardinals fan, I'm worried about. If, I, if I'm somebody that's betting on the Arizona Cardinals to go far in the playoffs, that I'm concerned. But if we're talking fantasy football – I'm not worried about that. That doesn't bother me that the team thinks he has a video game problem. It's, I mean, it doesn't, it didn't affect his numbers last year. He runs all over the field and he's actually got a pretty good arm when it comes to passing. I think he's going to be just fine. Yeah. I just kind of what Ryan was saying, he thinks this is a benefit to him starting out really fast and then getting his best player back. That may be like the worst of both worlds. Like he may start out not as good without D hop, and then start to fizzle out, and he doesn't ever hit that top end. Yeah, but he I'm not off of Kyler. Back. I'm not off of Kyler. Sense. Not off of him. I like Kyler. I just think he has more risk than a lot of the other top six guys I put out there. Agreed. I'll agree with you on the risk factor. And he is consensus right now at QB5 per Fantasy Pros ADP. So Yeah, and if you're taking him in literally the top five, six rounds, you need him to be... like That's the biggest thing when it comes to drafting quarterbacks is... Yeah, the late round quarterback strategy works really well, but if you get one of those elite quarterbacks, it also works out really well. Now, the downfall is if when you miss on those elite quarterbacks and you waste a top six round draft pick and he doesn't finish in that spot, that's when I feel like it hurts your team mostly. Well, the yeah, nice but I think with his rushing floor that he has, he doesn't, he's not going to be in the teens when it comes to fantasy point scoring. He'll stay in the 20s no matter what, but he's got high 30, 40 point upside. And he's also going in the very, very back of the fourth, early fifth on average. If I could get Kyler Murray in the fifth, I don't have a problem taking that risk there. At that point, I already have a strong foundation for my team. It's when you take a quarterback in the top three rounds and you whiff that you're totally fucked. I mean, it's not helpful there for sure, but 
I don't know if I'd take him in the fourth in a redraft 12-man league, but if I got him in the fifth, if he slipped there, I think that's a value. In in two less games that he played in 2021 compared to 2020. So he played 14 in 2021, 16 in 2020. He rushed for 88 rushes, only 420 yards, five rushing touchdowns. In 2020, it was 133 rushing attempts, 820 yards, and 11 touchdowns. And that's only in two less games. If we see what we saw in 2021, that is not going to be that safe of a rushing floor. Uh, that's the thing, though. He was coming back off of an injury in 2021, and he was still the quarterback one for, like, the first nine weeks of the year. I, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying that his rushing has declined in the last year. He was only missing two games. And his passing has gone up. He's gotten better as a passer. I think I, the, the nice thing about Kyler Murray that makes him – you know, better than Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts and all the other like high upside scrambling quarterbacks is his ability to throw the football is right there on par with some of the other big time passers in the league. That's the difference is Kyler can sling it. All right. I think that kind of uh, wraps up our top six. Do you guys want to move on to the I, bottom of the QB ones? I want to stay here for one second just because I want to bring something up. Um, so Seta, you got Patrick Mahomes chilling at number one right now. And, I mean, no disrespect to Pat Mahomes. If you talk about skill set-wise, he is the best quarterback in the NFL. I'm not debating that. That is true. If we're talking about building an NFL franchise, yes, it is Patrick Mahomes, or it's definitely an argument for Patrick Mahomes. But he's been the QB4 back-to-back years, and he just lost arguably the most dynamic playmaking wide receiver in the league in Tyreek Hill. You think he takes a step forward with losing that? No, I mean, I have him and Josh Allen as like the QB1, QB1, and 1B. They are so close in my projections that I could have put Josh Allen ahead of him if I gave him 50 more yards or one more touchdown or whatever it may be. I'm just more confident in Patrick Mahomes, the player, to return that value of being the best quarterback in the NFL and him having to kind of put it all on his shoulders this year. And he has decent enough weapons to get it done. I know he loses Tyreek Hill, so you may lose a little bit of the big plays, but I th- still think he can finish with anywhere between like 30 to 50 touchdowns again. That's fair. Uh, so it's basically like it's it's kind of like a safety pick thing. Like you have him at your number one rank because you, you he's the one you trust the most to give you that top five value. Because I can yeah, understand he's just, that. he's just a better player. And him and Josh Allen are literally identical. I could have had both of the rankings as one, one, and then J- Justin Herbert, three. Because they were so close in my projection, so that's fair. So yeah, I, I just wanted to touch base on that, just because I think there's, I just don't see a way where he improves with losing Tyreek Hill. But I mean, he is Patrick Mahomes, so it wouldn't. He doesn't have him. to improve. He could still just throw fifty touchdowns. That's not even really an improvement on him. That's just him playing a full season. I'm just very curious to see where like Juju Smith-Schuster and other receivers are in the wide receiver rankings for you guys when we get to that day. So, but uh, but that was the last question I have. I think everything else here is pretty cut and dry. We can go forward if you guys are ready. Yep. All right, I'm going to go with my quarterback number seven overall through 12 real quick, and that is the Super Bowl champ, Matt Stafford at seven, Russ Wilson, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers, and finishing out with Dak Prescott, the Dallas Cowboys. Ryan? All right, I've got Mr. Russell Wilson at seven, Tom Brady at eight, Matt Stafford nine, Joe Burrow 10, Dak Prescott 11, and Trey Lance, the wild card in this uh, episode at 12. Wild that is. Um, a big fan of Russell Wilson. I think he's uh, turning into one of my favorite values 
of uh, this uh, upcoming redraft season. He is my quarterback number seven. Joe Burrow, Joey Burr at uh, QB8. Tom Brady at QB9. Dak Prescott at 10. Matthew Stafford at 11. And Aaron Rodgers is going to round out my quarterback ones at the QB12 position. Let's debate. So, real quick, me and Chris have these same players in the top 12. They are rearranged a little bit. Ryan has one difference with Trey Lance in and Aaron Rodgers out. Um, so before we jump into any, you know, issues that we have with each other, Joe Burrow just had an like appendectomy, I want to say. He's getting his um, removed, yep. Yeah, so he's gonna be missing training camp, but everyone says that he should be back for week one, but just something to keep your eye on just to make sure everything's going smoothly with him. Yeah, I'm not that concerned about it right now, but it is something nope. to keep an eye on for sure. So I think the biggest one that is like the biggest difference in actual ranks is I have Matt Stafford at seven. Ryan got him at nine and Chris at 11. And that's our biggest differences. So you can kind of tell these top 12 quarterbacks are, it's almost a consensus with uh, with us three. And these are 12 guys that I want to have on my roster. One of these 12 guys I want to have because I think there is a little bit of a drop off after that point. I agree with that. We were highlighting that a few episodes ago. We were talking about how, there is a significant tier shift after you get out of the first set of QB, you know, one through 12, which I might even just throw out a little draft day tip. If you get in a position where somebody, you catch somebody like trying to be sneaky and just sleep, like let's say there's 11 quarterbacks off the board and somebody's just trying to punt the position and you get to like your 10th or 11th round, maybe take another one of those guys and just totally screw over one of your league mates. So, I mean, just, just a thought, but just a thought. I definitely agree that after one through 12, you are hitting into a tier shift where you kind of need some pieces to fall into place. I, and in all honesty, I'm not even a hundred percent sold on the full top 12 because I think Ryan was just a little bit more bold than I was and did kind of what I wanted to do with Aaron Rodgers not being in it. Cause I am kind of worried about Aaron Rodgers this year. So yeah, but he's a back-to-back MVP quarterback and even losing Devonte Adams, like, this guy's still going to put up numbers. Like, even if he is at 12 or 13, or even where Ryan has him at 14, that's he's still going to be solid. Like, he's oh, not, yeah. like, I don't think he's going to be, you know, falling off a cliff type of player with the way we've seen him play over the last few years. Yeah, I'm going to dive into him deeper on a different segment because um, I'm scared on Aaron Rodgers. I just, I don't know who he's throwing the ball to. I just don't. I mean, I, I don't think Alan Lazard is a next world level receiver. Uh, Christian Watson's a rookie. Aaron Rodgers doesn't even like rookies. Randall Cobb, at this moment in time, is the wide receiver three on this team, which is just bleh. I mean, I, isn't Sammy Watkins? You didn't even, I was going to say, you didn't even mention Sammy Watkins. That's because there's no point to. After week one, he's completely irrelevant. He's not good. The only thing he's good for is making fun of because he thinks he's a lizard person. <laughs> no, I think Aaron, like, like I said, I'm lowest on him out of all of us. I have him at 14, but that's also not like a drop off a cliff type of thing. Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, and if we're pre- we're saying this out like everyone's playing a perfect 17-game season. So he doesn't have the rushing upside. He lost his best weapon, like we all said, but Aaron Rodgers will find a way to still be one of the top quarterbacks. So if injuries happens, you know, he will be a top 10 guy, and that's just regardless of the fact. Yeah, and the way I look at it is, you know, when you look at, like, you know, the Vegas odds on who's going to win and who's going to win the Super Bowl, who's going to win the division, there's no one talking about the Green Bay Packers not being in that mix for the Super Bowl, not being the clear option favorite to win the division. So 
in order to do that, Aaron Rodgers is going to need to put up numbers because the other teams in the division are getting a little bit better. The Vikings are should have a better offense with that offensive line head coach. The Detroit Lions had another year of rebuilding, and they're a little bit pesky. The Chicago Bears, I'm gonna ignore them probably, but <laughs> you know the, the rest of the division is gonna be, you know, somewhat I think more competitive than you know they have been in the previous years. I personally think the Packers are going to take a uh, step forward this year with the run game, and I think that they're going to open up kind of becoming more of a rushing set team. I mean, they have the skill set to do that. A.J. Dillon is probably the best second-string running back in the NFL right now in terms of playing. And don't come at me with Kareem Hunt. I don't want to hear that. Oh, oh, uh, you know, like a former rushing leader. Yeah, a former how many years ago was rookie that? of the year. AJ Dillon is young, spry, and ready to bulldoze people over. The dude and has never like done Henry. anything near that. He's been great every time he's been given opportunity. What are you talking about? And when Kareem Hunt was the bell cow, he was the best running back in the NFL, pretty okay, much. We can argue this on the running back episode. My point is, regardless... Well, don't be spitting bullshit at me. It's not bullshit. me not to react. I literally said, I, arguably I like the Dillon. best handcuff in the league. I would said, arguably. And, it's a poor argument. and it's a poor I argument. knew immediately who you were bringing up after that. So clearly, I like Kareem Hunt, too. They're both great. They're one and two, for sure. But regardless, Aaron Jones... And AJ Dillon is one of the best running back duos in the NFL right now. And no, what about Nick? No, I'm just kidding. I mean, that's 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 the other one. I'm right just there. kidding. But I I just think that it's there. The writing is on the wall for the Packers to open up the run game this year. And this is a team that wants to win a Super Bowl. They want to you know take that next step and get past that in the playoffs. And they know that they in order to do that they're gonna have to change their game. So that's where I think Rodgers takes a hit. I'm not worried about the player and the talent. But you can't put up the points if you're not, you know, if the opportunity isn't there. And I know the team's going to run through Aaron Rodgers because it always does. But at the same time, Aaron Rodgers is kind of in fuck it mode, it seems like. I'm pretty sure that man's just collecting a paycheck and saying, I don't care what Green Bay does at this point. I'm just going to listen to them. So I don't know. I'm not him. I'm not in his mind. But it's just it, that's what that's the message I'm receiving from what's been going on this offseason. Yeah. One more thing on these top 12 quarterbacks. Um, I heard a stat uh, a few weeks ago where there has been like zero quarterbacks finished in the top 12 for fantasy that didn't have a winning record. So that is always something that I kind of gauge my picks on is who is going to be in games that matter, who they're not going to just pass the ball off to, you know, run the ball into the dirt and, you know, get to the next week. So when you're getting, if you miss those top 10 guys, and you're deciding between, you know, your own personally ranked like 11 through 15. You think they're pretty close. Who has the better team? That's who I'm going to be going with. And that's genuinely the reason why I'm down on uh, Justin Fields. I, I like Justin Fields, the player, but I just don't. I don't know how that team is going to scrape it together this year. I don't. I, I agree with everything you just said. That That is a tie-breaking decision because it's been proven. It's t- like we literally have seen it. So, yep. Now, do you guys have anybody else you want to discuss that are in the top 12? I mean, um, I see Ryan with Trey Lance there. I, I can't argue it, though, because I do see a world where it could happen. I really like Trey Lance. Um, definitely a little bullish on him, in my opinion. We just got confirmation today. Yep. It's his year. It is yeah. his year. Yes. I like him as a player and as the idea of Trey Lance, but. I need to see more before I can put him in my top 12. Listen, so I'm like going to be... I'm going to be watching that, you know, those preseason games, and I'm going to be watching that stuff because 
I didn't see much when it came to him playing last season. And I know he was a rookie. He got kind of thrown in there. He wasn't supposed to be playing, but like I, he just makes me nervous. He came from a smaller school where it was, you know, way less competition that the school he came from wins the championship every single year. So it's always the best team. It's like drafting quarterback from Alabama. Like, are those quarterbacks good or is this everyone around them very good as well? So I'm not against Trey Lance, but I don't know if I'm bullish to draft him ahead of these guys that I have in my top 12 at this point. Listen, I and I get that reasoning, but the things to like about him, like you were hammering home, he's on a winning team. The 49ers are still built to compete and try and win a championship year in and year out. They just gave him confirmation to get today. Like we said, he is a starter. Jimmy G is essentially gone. The only reason he's not gone is because of the, the surgery. So they couldn't trade him, but he's got all of the talent and weapons around him. You're right. He had flashes in his rookie year, but he also had some downside, but he wasn't supposed to play. He was told he was going to be sitting out a year. So he wasn't, you know, game day starter ready like a guy like Josh Allen coming from the same situation was when he was uh, drafted. He was Josh Allen was drafted and was named the starter immediately. Trey Lance got a year to sit, you know, sit around some talented players around him. They've got arguably one of the better situations that you would want any quarterback to walk into. So everything is looking up in his favor on top of his rushing upside, on top of his athleticism, you know, his cannon for an arm. I feel like 12 might be too low, but I just don't want to be too risky. I think Trey Lance could be a top five guy he this year. Be. He could be the QB one overall. He could be. He has that upset. With the rushing upside, gives him that opportunity to do that. That's not something I would proclaim, but it's not impossible. That's why I said I can't debate it. Yeah, I'm trying to get him everywhere I can. Everything you said, Ryan, I kind of agree with, except for the fact that I'm not sold on the talent of Trey Lance yet. Like The situation is perfect. The rushing upside is great. But is he good enough? <laughs> you know, like straight up, is he good enough to do that? And that's He's what the quote-unquote project quarterback from that draft. Like he was the least, you know, solidified guy. Like it was shocking when he went number three overall. I thought it would have been Fields or Mac Jones or something. You know, like Mac Jones is the guy that Shanahan wanted. But they took Trey Lance. They took the athleticism. They took the cannon arm. They said, listen, we've got all these great players around him. We've got Debo. We've got Ayuk. We've got George Kittle. We've got a plethora of running backs who anyone can step in and be a top-tier talent. We've got an offensive line that is anchored by the best offensive linemen in football. They've got everything they need to go and win a championship. So if they're putting their trust into him this year to be their guy and lead him to that promised land, I'm putting my trust into him to lead my fantasy team. I can't knock it. I can't. I mean, like I said, I, I love Trey Lance. I think the talent is there. I like the, I love the athletic ability and what he can do as a rusher. And then I know he's got a cannon for an arm. They just gotta mold it. So I mean, that's that's I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue it too much. All right. Well, if you guys don't have any more in the uh, top twelve range, I'm gonna go over a few of my, you know, kind of honorable mention kind of guys. Yeah. Guys, I want to maybe want to target if I am in a two quarterback league or if I don't get one of these twelve guys and someone acts like a doucher and drafts two of these guys before I get to draft a quarterback. These are some guys that I get to want to maybe pair up with and guys I'm going to be looking at. And, you know, there's two kind of safer options for me, and that would be like a Kirk Cousins and a Derek Carr. I like those and, two a lot. And then to kind of pair them up with some riskier options like a Trey Lance or Justin Fields, you know, I would maybe want to double up on those because you get the young up-and-coming upside. But if they don't work out, like the Bears fully fall flat on their face and Trey Lance isn't that good, you still have solid options. Week in and week out with Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins, 
So those are kind of some combos that I'm going to be looking at if I do miss on these top 12 quarterbacks. I agree with those two 100%. And you know, there's a guy that I'm actually kind of excited to see this year that I think I could see him being, you know, right at the back end of those QB1s. And I mean, we've seen him do it year in and year out. And that's Matt Ryan, who went over to the Indianapolis Colts. Carson Wentz last year was the QB14 on the year. That is Carson Wentz, who ranked 29th overall in QB accuracy on the year. Matt Ryan, on the other hand, when he was on the field, he was in the top five in that number. They have good receivers. I love Michael Pittman. They drafted Alec Pierce. I thought he was an underrated receiver from this class. They're probably going to bring back T.Y. Hilton. That's not official yet, and it's also not that big of a deal because he's kind of old and washed. But They just took his banner down. He's he's gone. They just did what? They took his banner down from the stadium. Really? Yep. I hear rumors that they're talking about bringing him back still. I, I've, been, I've been paying attention to it. But regardless, it's... It's a well-run team, and it's one of the best offensive lines in the league. So Matt Ryan is going to have time to find his option and find the open man, and he's good at that. So I wouldn't be—he's one of my favorite guys to target if I miss out on one of the top twelve. And I mean, I can't—I'm going to mimic everything said it has said on Derek Carr. He's right there. The other one I like a lot is Tua. I'm very um, interested mm. to see what he's going to do this year. Um, he's one of the more wild card options in my opinion, but you can't argue that receiving core that he has with, you know, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, you got Chase Edmonds coming out of the backfield, you got Mike Kosicki, one of the more athletic tight ends in the league. I mean, you can throw four-yard slants to Tyreek and Waddle, and they can house it at any moment in time. So with that kind of yeah. dynamic playmaking, I, I think he's got a shot. Yeah, I don't really like Tua so much the player, but the situation is perfect. So that's a guy I would want to try to pair up, though with a Kirko or a Derek Carr or someone more solidified because I don't know if he's good enough. But, and, like, he, when I, so I had him, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but he is a turnover monster. Not even with just interceptions because he's a decently accurate quarterback, but he would just fumble the ball so much that even when he would finish with two touchdowns, 200 yards, he would have a pick and two fumbles and you would get, like, 11 points. And you're like, Man, what the hell? That was a pretty decent game from Tua. So I definitely think he can take a step forward with all the upgrades they've made. But I'm not. I wouldn't feel safe with him as like this is going to be my quarterback number one starting week one, and I don't have any other options really. That's yeah, what I would be worried about. Yeah, I, I like Tua a lot. I, you know, he's my, I'm higher on him than both of us, or and then all three of us. I have him in my QB 13 because of his weapons around him, and I think he is a good quarterback who. You know, this is my last chance to really say, like, I'm a big, two, I'm a two and on, I'm, I'm a believer. So I'm riding it this year, but, you know, he definitely has a lot to prove. Yeah, 100%. Ryan, you got an honorable mention here that you want to bring up that might be a yeah. little surprise? I'm going all the way down to my quarterback 20, and that's Mr. Famous Jameis, Jameis Winston. Somebody who you probably don't have to take in your drafts and somebody who you'll probably take week one off the waiver wire when, you know, some quarterback goes down or he has a big blow up week because famous Jameis has been a top three quarterback before in the NFL. He's you know, been he's QB coming 29. Off, he's been, I'm pretty sure he's been QB two before. And he has been, no, he was the QB three. Cause remember we both mimicked that at the same time. And one of the, in yeah. the first year we did the podcast. Exactly. So he's got the upside to do it all. He's not a rusher, but he's got, he's not afraid to sling the ball. He's got, you know, good talent around him. Chris Olave is probably one of my favorite rookie wide receivers this year. Big fan of him. If Michael Thomas comes back and he's back to full health, although I think all of us are kind of doubtful on that to start the year, 
that's another big weapon for him. So, but all the things working around Jameis and the fact that he is, you know, the 100% sure-fired starter, you know, he's not fighting for that spot. Taysom Hill is officially relegated back to tight end. This could be a big, you know, surprise Jameis Winston year. Yeah, I'm personally, I mean, there's a world where everything you're saying is true. I'm just willing to be wrong on Jameis Winston. I, oh, I, just, I am too. That's why he's my quarterback 20, and I'm saying don't draft him. But yeah. also keep an eye on him. Yeah, with Jameis on the Saints, like I kind of agree with his style with the Bucks, but on the Saints, he I feel like his numbers were so fluctuated with just touchdowns. He didn't throw for over 300 yards when they were like six and one or five and two when he was the starter. Yet he had a game with four touchdowns and a game with five touchdowns, and he would throw the ball like 20 to 25 times a game. So I think that that team has a different you know style of play. Now, without Alvin Kamara there for the first few weeks, he may be able to be, you know, let loose a little bit more because they're not going to just, you know, feed Kamara like the Saints have done in the past. But it makes me a little bit nervous because it's not, it wasn't the old Jameis that we saw in the Bucks that was throwing 40 passes a game for 300 yards, four touchdowns, and five picks. No, we got the Jameis Winston when you look at his week one stat line last year against the Packers when they murdered them and got Aaron Rodgers benched in the fourth quarter. 20 pass attempts, five touchdowns against the Green Bay Packers, the team that was, you know, one of the Super Bowl favorites. Jameis also tacked on 40 yards, 40 yards on the ground. He tacked on for him. 148 yards passing, five fucking touchdowns. Insane. That was the most unreal stat line of week one, no doubt in my mind. Then goes up and puts eight points against Carolina the next week. <laughs> so um, let's uh, take a look here. Does anybody have anything that stands out that you're like, what the fuck on with somebody else? Like, seriously, like, how does that like, how do you have this player there? Let's, uh, uh, Chris, you have Daniel Jones at 32. Yes, I do. And that's exactly that's where he's going to be. Lo- that's probably the biggest out of consensus guy between all of us. Seta has him at 15. I have him at 18. I don't think he's good. I think he's bad. Everything said it is talked about with Tua and how he's a turnover machine. It's times two with Daniel Jones. Uh, you got a new coaching staff coming in that's not in any way, shape, or form committed to this player. And I don't think that they're going to give him the keys to the car for the full season. He's going to have a short leash. I could see him getting benched by the midpoint of the year. For I, who, though? It doesn't matter at that point. By mid- I, I think it does matter. I just like don't When see they it. were benching Tua, it was for Ryan Fitzpatrick and Teddy Bridgewater. And Jacoby Brissett and those kinds of players, like there's no one. I I couldn't tell you the backup quarterback for the New York Giants. Tyrod fucking Taylor. Oh, okay. Maybe the maybe the leash is a little shorter. (laughs) Maybe okay. Maybe maybe. Tyrod, Tyrod, Tyrod. No, I'm just kidding. I just don't see. I don't don't think that leash is short. I I don't think he's going to definitely play out this season. I think he's really just a bad quarterback that's not going to last. This is his last year in the NFL, in my opinion. You know the you know like a. You know when you go to the store and they are selling that like the the Pepsi with the real sugar and stuff like that? That's like Josh Allen. And then when you you gotta you know cut some costs and you go over to Save Lot and you get some Bubba Cola, <laughs> that's Daniel Jones. No, Daniel- Tastes pretty similar. It's a little bit off, but it'll get you what you want. It'll yeah. get you what you want. Daniel and Jones that's is the crushed up can of RC Cola sitting in the parking lot. That has been ran over and stepped on seven million times. That is what Are you shit talking RC Cola right no, now. I'm just saying it's what you find out in the parking lot of Rite Aid. No, that's not what you find out there. You find Dr. Thunder. Dr. Thunder. <laughs> 
Mild lightning. Yeah, I don't like. No, I'm just off him completely. I don't want to. I think. I think pretty much like you were saying with Tua, like he is everything I'm saying with Tua. Just the not as good weapons, but he does have solid weapons. Like I think the receiving core is solid enough to be, you know, in games, and I think his rushing upside is solid enough to get a few rushing touchdowns if he can cut down those turnovers and they can scheme up some more you know pass friendly routes and and you know combinations with that i think he can definitely play higher than where he's at and honestly chris is probably closer to the consensus of like his fancy pros adp of being that low so i am taking a risk on him that low he is worth but i think he's worth the risk like you said he's got decent weapons around they've added the right pieces around a guy like daniel jones they added quick guys like you know the Kadarius tony going into year two or wando robinson out of the draft kenny galladay is a great route tactician and they've beefed up that offensive line tremendously over the past few years. They've been trying to like build this team right. It just hasn't worked out yet. So if Daniel Jones is not the quarterback, you know, for the future for them, they're still going to just run him into the ground for this last year before they tank again. See, yeah, friend, they're gonna they're gonna figure it out. And plus, you have a number two overall pick in Saquon Barkley that you can't just scheme up for Daniel Jones. Like there's no one in Miami that you're really that worried about running the ball. Saquon Barkley is a top tier talent, and he hasn't showed that the last few years, but he's been banged up. But he, when he's on the field and he is playing a full set of downs, he can take one to the house at any point. Defenses are going to have to play against the run, and they're not going to be able to just throw up a prevent defense against this this receiving core. I mean, you wouldn't want, you don't need to, because that first of all, that offensive line is bad. Uh, so just to piggyback in where we were, Daniel Jones is the consensus quarterback, twenty six, and Ryan, to your point, we don't, I don't know what Kenny Galladay is anymore. I've not seen him play in two seasons now. I mean, I just don't. That is what is concerning to me. Is I, I I don't believe in the weapons. I don't believe in the line. I believe in Saquon Barkley. I think Saquon Barkley is a great talent, but I just I don't I just don't see that. I don't see that path for Daniel Jones. I think it's I think his time has come and gone, and he is just waiting to be replaced at this point. Well, agree to disagree. Hey, how about the fact that uh, you guys both have Zach Wilson ranked the same? Yeah, and he sucks. I noticed that. I think that's hilarious. Somebody that I'm higher suck, on, but everyone else below him sucks too. I, I'm I'm interested in Zach Wilson this year. We'll see what he can do. I'm not gonna sit here. I'm not gonna probably draft him in any of my leagues just because I won't need to. But he's somebody that I want to keep my eye on. Uh, somebody that I noticed I'm a little bit higher on than consensus and most is um I actually kind of don't hate Jared Goff. I've seen Jared Goff has sucks. never uh, shut up. Outside of last season, he has never not been a top 20 quarterback. And last year, he was getting familiar with a new system. They added Jamison Williams. I like Amon Ross St. Brown, who you guys do, don't. Do you know what the requirements are to be a top 20 quarterback? Other, I mean, I'm not saying playing that. Playing 15 games. Yeah, I was going to say playing all the games. <laughs> I, but, the, but that's the point, though, is right now, like, J Jared Goff is the consensus QB 28, and you guys both have him ranked similar. So... That's I, I'm personally we're, we're taking things it. out of a perfect season where nobody gets hurt. Obviously, if you know injuries go down, Jared Goff could be the QB one because everyone else just gets hurt. That's not. But Jared Goff is not like a top twenty like points per game type of guy. He doesn't throw touchdowns. He doesn't throw yards. He just the good thing about him is he doesn't turn the ball over. He could be. I mean, ninety percent. He's got a better. He's got one of the better offensive lines in the league. And on top of that, ninety percent of his playmakers on offense do their damage in the pass game. DeAndre Swift, one of the best pass-catching running backs in the league. Hawkinson, one of the best pass-catching tight ends in the league. Amon Ross St. Brown, very good in the slot. Jamison Williams, one of the higher-prospected wide receivers from this class. I, there's just a lot of options there. That yeah, but they're not all going to click 
on the same week every week. Like I, you need it to be for the other top quarterbacks. I mean, we'll yeah, see. Pass catchers. I think for Jared Goff, he's just not a sexy pick. No, he's not. Like, I I, I don't not. think that like he may in like a best ball scenario if you have him win you one week or get you 25. But you're never going to be like going into a week that you have other options being like, yeah, I really want to play Jared Goff this week. And that's the issue is why I moved him down my rankings because I don't want someone like that on my team. I want someone who I feel confident putting in there and not like, oh, shit, I'm stuck with putting this guy in here because he is. He, I mean, he's not like a terrible player and he's not a terrible pick, but I think his ceiling is kind of capped at like 15 to 20 points on average, even though he could bust out in a random ass week that you're not really expecting. Yeah, he had five games last year under 10 fantasy points and like four games above 20. Yeah, he's my QB 18. That's just where I got. Like I said, he's one of the guys. I agree with you, though. He's not a sexy pick at all, but he could be that steady Eddie player that just kind of works well for you if you had a Kyler Murray and he went down to injury or something like that. So that's just my thought process on him. Now I'm going for higher upside at that point. And, and uh, going back to what Ryan was saying, listen to the teams he was over 20 points on and tell me if you would realistically play him in these matchups because most of these teams are known for having a very good defense. San Francisco, Green Bay, Minnesota, Arizona. Like all those teams last year were known for having pre- guarantee not- was never one of our stream of the weeks that week. Those yeah, because those matchups are just like, you know, I mean, I guess Arizona's defense isn't crazy good. Minnesota's has been falling off a little bit, but those defenses are still solid, you know. So it's just like it's it's hard to kind of you know gear where where and when you would be playing a guy like Jared Goff. Yeah, he's hard to gauge for sure. So I mean, but it's just somebody that I was a little bit interested in that I think um could give you solid middle range numbers if you need if you're in a pinch. So that's that's my thought process on him. So reach for Jameis there. Yeah, I think for Jared Goff would be a guy I maybe want to target if so those guys I was talking about having a combo pick on. So I wanted Kirk Cousins and Justin Fields. Let's say Kirk Cousins goes down. I think Jared Goff would be a guy I maybe want to target to get that safety compared to my, you know, upside with Fields. Yeah, that's fair. So uh, do you guys got anything else here? Uh, I got no other guys. You guys can look forward to uh, our full rankings and where we have every one of these quarterbacks ranked. We'll be publishing those a little bit later on this offseason, like I said prior. Awesome. So uh, we ready to close things out here? Let's do it. it. Well, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in this week. You can make sure to hit us up on any of these social media platforms. Hit Stick Fantasy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. As well as our own personal Twitters. I'm at Michael underscore Seta. I'm at the real Ryan Long. And I'm at Hit Stick Chris. Get at us. Long form feedback, send us an email. Hitstickfantasy at gmail.com. Fuck you, Corey Long. Fuck you, Ryan Long. Thank <laughs> you.